there, beauties. Welcome to the What's Eating You podcast, a place where we dive deep into understanding more about the body, mind, and spirit. I'm your host, Kayla Douthit. I'm an intuitive eating health coach, body image transformer, and owner of Wisdom and Wellness. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the episode four of the What's Eating You podcast. I'm your host, Kayla Douthit, and I'm super excited to have my very first guest on the show today. I have with me Miss Kirsten Haglin muller Doubleman with Timberland Nas Residential Treatment Center in Chicago. Hello. How are you, Kirsten? Hi, Kayla. I'm great. Thank you for having me. Good. I know we were talking about the time difference right before we talked. Um, there's a quite a bit of a time difference. I'm sitting at three o'clock in the afternoon on Eastern time, and I think you said nine o'clock where you're at. So <laughs> yes, yes. So I wanted to have you as a, a um, guest today. So I'm excited you're here. And I just wanted to read your um, bio just a little bit to those listeners out there. Uh, Kirsten is a speaker, a digital media consultant and a content creator for clients in both the US and Europe. She's a community relations specialist for Timberland Nalls Residential Treatment Center, the founder of the Kirsten Haglund Foundation, which advocates for and supports families seeking treatment for eating disorders and served as Miss America in 2008. Following her year of service, she graduated from Emory University with a BA in political science and spent the next 10 years working as a political and social commentator across national television and radio in New York City. And in 2018, she re- relocated to Switzerland. Now, what's the city? I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Is it Zurich or how do you say that? <laughs> it's Zurich, Switzerland. Zurich, Switzerland. Okay. Well, my Kentucky accent will come out on that, I'm sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. So where she continues to communicate consulting, working part-time as an indoor cycling and a bar instructor, and she enjoys the weekend hikes in the Alps. So that's an awesome bio, I just have to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So I just wanted to say thanks for all the work that you've done and all the work that you've um, continued to do. Uh, I know we've collaborated before in the past on Instagram. So if you all haven't seen that video, definitely check that out. Um, but it's been a little while back, so I'm kind of I'm excited to partner with you again and talk about our subject, which is uh, vulnerability today. So I know um, personally, it's something that I've struggled with for a long time because I didn't realize that there was actually power or inner strength that it takes to be open and receptive. Um, I know I believe, per, like I said, jump in anytime. I just kind of tell my you know personal experience with vulnerability. It's been something that um, I was afraid to do for a long time. I don't know about you, but it's just been, um, it was a struggle for me to even open up about my own eating disorder or to talk about um, my own past struggles with self-esteem. You know, I didn't, I hid that in the closet. I didn't want to tell anybody. Um, Yeah, it's definitely a challenge and it can be a real leap of faith. mm -hmm. That's for sure. Um, But I think it's also important coupling with the message that it's good and okay to be vulnerable, that it's also important to identify people who you can be vulnerable with because vulnerability is a risk as I'll talk about a little later. And it's just important that especially the first time that we open up about something that's very personal, perhaps very painful, that we do that in a safe environment with the right people whom we can trust Um, first and foremost, so that we can be vulnerable, but also grow through that into a place of strength. Yes, I agree. That is very true. I know um, I'm a talker and I have a tendency, sometimes I feel like I I talk too much, but being around people that you are are trusting and family, friends, 
surrounding yourself by those people that you can trust is that's huge. So I appreciate you saying that. I agree. Mm. I know it seems like a lot of times that uh, sometimes society it'll it'll shun us for even being vulnerable for for whatever reason. Um, I know I had for myself again. I'm just keep using myself for an example, but I know I had to get in touch with a lot of my um, inner truth. I know I had to practice becoming more, more vulnerable. It's it's definitely something that doesn't come easy, uh, at least for my own you know experience in general. It's just it's not. Um, it's not easy to be vulnerable on certain things. Yeah, no, definitely not. (laughs) And I'm very glad Kayla that you have done this podcast and started to share your story and in a way to help others. And I think, you know, that's one of the strengths that comes from vulnerability. And that's one thing that people learn when they do share themselves, their whole selves, or at least parts of themselves that they learn that, yeah, not only does it help them, but it helps others. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's what I hope to do. I know, so you've done a lot of great work with that. And I hope to just be able to at least be able to relate to, you know, one person out there, hope, hopefully more, but I just want to be able to help and um, relate to people and, you know, make them not feel alone. So I know with practice um, and persistence, I know it, vulnerability can happen. Um, like I said, you just have to be willing to, to open up, um, share your truth. And it's really an act of courage and it's, it's definitely not a weakness. So I, I want to put that out there. Being vulnerable is definitely not a weakness. I think that if, you know, we're being vulnerable, we're able to have more self-growth and we have a stronger self-awareness. A lot of times we can get stuck in our heads, but vulnerability can kind of get us out of our comfort zone a little bit. Um, And I know it also helped me with supporting my self-worth and really my spiritual alignment just by being open, uh, being being able to talk about it, um, you know, confiding into people that I do trust, along with, you know, I spoke with counselors and therapy and things like that but just being able to be open kind of just set me free almost. So uh, I do have a couple of questions. I know I feel like I've, I've rambled on, but I just have some questions for you. If that's okay with you, can we um, ask you a couple of questions? Yeah, of course. So what does vulnerability mean to you? I mean, vulnerability is being open and sharing your heart, knowing that people may not accept it. Um, you know, I think that's the definition of being vulnerable, because if you were just to share, you know, knowing that everyone would be accepting and loving and, you know, give you a pat on the back and cheer you on, you know, then there's really no risk there. But I think the vulnerability requires a little bit of risk, you know, that, that not knowing what the response is going to be or what the reaction is going to be when you share who you truly are, but doing that, not fearlessly, because of course there might be some fear there, but with the acceptance that even if, people reject your truth, don't agree with you, or don't see all of you that you want to reveal, that you'll still be okay. Um, So vulnerability is a risk. It can be risky, but it's done knowing that at the end of the day, revealing who you are only makes you stronger and that your identity and your strength and your story and the worth of who you are and what you've experienced doesn't depend on anyone else's approval, but just the fact that you've lived it is enough. Yes, I agree. Hundred, say a thousand percent, <laughs> because I know, um, like I said, I know I didn't want to, you know, share my story for a long time, except for maybe with a couple of people. Um, I was just shut down, you know, kind of reserved. Um, I guess I just, I, I was always afraid of what people thought. You know, that's my personality. Everyone wants to be liked, but I know not everyone will, you know, like me or like you for whatever reason. Um, they have their reasons, but being okay with that 
and still being who you are. I really, I like that you said that because that's, that's huge. Um, that's something that, you know, I, I still have to work on these, you know, the, the questions I'm asking you are things that, you know, I've um, kind of come up with based upon my, my past struggles and things that I still have to work on. Um, but yes, definitely, definitely um, being okay, realizing that, you know, you might be shut down or rejected, but that, you know, that's another lesson in itself. <laughs> so mm -hmm, absolutely. So can you share us with the chair's uh, time that you were vulnerable? Yeah, I mean, a lot, <laughs> but I think the biggest example that I can think of is deciding to share my recovery story from an eating disorder in my role as Miss America. I, every, every young woman who competes in the Miss America organization, in case people who are listening are not familiar, chooses what we used to call a platform. Now it's called a social impact initiative, but a topic that they would like to speak on and advocate for during their year of service as Miss State, whom, whichever state I was Miss Michigan or as Miss America. And I chose to raise awareness of eating disorders and body image issues. And I started to share my own battle and recovery story. And that was initially very frightening because I had not shared it with anyone outside of my family and friends. And I was extremely nervous and concerned about whether people would judge me, see me as weak, see me as crazy or weird, that they would judge everything that I was eating, the way that I looked. I was just, it was very, very scary at first, but I ended up finding so much strength in it when I saw how much sharing my own story and being vulnerable helped others to be vulnerable and share as well. And when someone feels, feels that ability to share what they've been through, it's like a huge weight is lifted off of your shoulders when you can just be and proclaim who you are and where you've been in truth and not hide anything. It feels amazing. It feels like getting out of a warm bath. I mean, you just, it's like you're refreshed and free. Yes. You own it. <laughs> yes. And so I experienced the, the scariness of that first step of vulnerability, but then also the empowerment that comes from it and continue to see other people then inspired to share their stories. And it was a really beautiful thing. Yes. I always say it starts with one. So, you know, one person may have been scared themselves, you know, and then when you did that, they're like, wow, I can relate to her. You know, I, I'm not alone in this world. Um, yes. Yes. That's awesome. I couldn't even imagine being on stage with all that many people staring at me and you, <laughs> but you, good job. <laughs> Kudos to that. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. So I already, uh, my thing was, uh, what did you learn? But I think you um, explained that well, as far as, you know, what you learned from that experience. Did you have anything else you want to share about what you learned or? No, you know, I, I just think that it, the vulnerability is freedom. Yes. I really learned that. And I learned I didn't have to be perfect. And in fact, it was my imperfections and my flawed past that made me relatable and able to help other people more than my perfection ever could be. So pursuing perfection in order to be liked or approved or worthy actually will never lead you there. In fact, showing and showcasing your imperfections and your flaws is in fact what help people relate to you and really appreciate and value you as a person. Yes, and I always say perfection is boring. So who wants to be perfect anyway? Absolutely. <laughs> it's too boring. So what are three words that define who you are? If you had to say three words that kind of describe yourself. 
Yeah, I'm really glad you sent me the questions beforehand so I could think about this one <laughs> because <laughs> coming up with three words on the fly is always hard. Yes. But I did think of three. And the first would be artistic. I was raised dancing, studying classical ballet, piano, voice, drama, and I love the arts. Even though I don't work in the arts anymore, I, I'm still so drawn to them and just have an eye for aesthetics and creativity, design, beauty. And I absolutely still love the arts and music, just, yeah. Art, art, artistry encapsulates who, who I am. The second word I would say would be compassionate. I really feel very deeply. I'm a very sensitive person. I can watch the news and it makes me cry. I mean, I'm just, I really feel deeply for others. And it's, it's a gift that the women in my family have. My mom is a nurse. My grandmother was also that way, extremely compassionate and sensitive. I think it probably just flows in our veins. And then the third word that I would choose would be pensive, meaning thoughtful or like deep thinking. I really, I can, I can be extroverted, but also very introverted and just very think very deeply through things and go into just kind of these, you know, I'll be sitting there on the couch or sitting in a chair or, or just, you know, can deeply be thinking and pondering and things. And sometimes that can look like rumination, which is not a good thing, but sometimes that can help really lead to creative ideas or inspiration or help me work through problems. And so I would say pensive would probably be the, the third word. That's a great word. I've never used that word. So I have to write that down. <laughs> I like that. And I can relate to the sensitive part. I am like, I'm sensitive as well. I know, uh, I have a heart for people, just helping people, talking to people. Um, gosh, I'll be that person at Walmart that just talks to the door greeter. Just, <laughs> I'm, I like talking to people. Me too. Yes. And, you know, it just, it makes you feel good to be able to, to help somebody. So Absolutely. I like that. But yes, definitely pensive. I will have to write that down. I'm going to use it tonight and see if anyone in my family. Uh, <laughs> yeah, go for it. Yes. Okay. Um, so how do you deal with others criticizing you for being vulnerable? You know, it used to really bother me when I would read comments on social media or because people rarely say very critical things to your face. You know, we live in a culture that's generally polite or, you know, we're in the part of the country that you're from that bless your heart, you know, mm -hmm. um, but people will write whatever they really think and probably even nastier than what they really think online. And so it, it used to really get to me and I would sometimes, you know, then after being on television or whatever would just cry myself to sleep, but, you know, from the mean things that people would write on Twitter, or, you know, things, judgments that people would make about me based on my past or what I'd shared. And now I just, Kayla could really, I could not care less. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, I mean, I think part of that is maturing and, you know, I felt much more sensitive and to this when I was in my early twenties than I do now when I'm in my early thirties. So I think part of it is just growing up a bit. But the second thing is just holding on to the truth. You said earlier about holding on to and living your truth. And the truth is that vulnerability helps other people and it makes a positive difference in others' lives. That's the truth. And so even if I get criticism or flack for it, I, I know how to persevere because I know that the true good that it does in the world is a lot better than any kind of pain that they could caused me by their idiotic comments and right. anonymous online. So yeah, I decided not to care and I don't. 
that's that's a good thing. I know that that one took me a while too. And I know uh, sometimes I used to think, gosh, I, going back to the compassionate part, like I care so much about people. Do they care about me? You know, there's people that probably don't. But I, I shared a post yesterday on Facebook and Instagram, and I was just like, I have I've had such a a mode to like embrace my weirdness lately. I mean, I'm naturally just yeah. weird and crazy. <laughs> love but it. It's, you know, I love that. I've I've started to love that about myself. You know, I'm a happy-go-lucky person most of the time, and um, just being able to show that side as, as well as a serious side, but also just being who I am and weird and funny. And I just, I guess that might come with age, but I may be a fine line. I don't know, but <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> I agree with you. I think, and it does. My, my mom's always told me that too. She's like, honey, when you get my age, you know, it doesn't even matter what nobody else thinks, you know, <laughs> but exactly. Yes, that's true. Okay, so uh, how do you practice vulnerability in your daily life, either professional or personal or both? Hmm. You know, one of the biggest things, and, and I mean, I, biggest, it's small, but I think that it makes an impact just in our increasingly virtual world where everyone is online all the time. You know, I try to make a real effort to, yes, of course, because of the nature of my work, I have to post you know, photos where I wear makeup and they're professional photos and all kinds of things. But I also post photos of me with no makeup and no filters. And I do Instagram lives sometimes with makeup and sometimes with no makeup. And just, you know, that is an act of vulnerability in and of itself and showing people who I am when I'm all dolled up and also when I'm not. So that is a practice of vulnerability. Also, I try to make a real habit of when people ask me how I am you know, it, we throw this all around all the time. How are you? Hi, how are you? How are you? We're also always asking, how are you? And rather than just answering with fine or good, I try to make an honest effort to tell someone how I am actually feeling or doing, you know, and that doesn't mean that I have to overshare TMI, like, oh, I broke my nail this morning <laughs> and my dog peed on the floor and I had to clean it up. And, you know, don't really have to go into too much detail, but you can say, Oh, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm good, but I had a really tired, you know, stressful morning this morning. Oh, I didn't get so much sleep last night. You know, just being real with people when they ask that question, if they're not prepared for an honest answer, then they shouldn't ask the question, but right. I try to give it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like that. I, I probably should do that more. Cause you know, somebody comes in, how you doing? Oh, I'm good. You know, you stop with good, but what else? Yeah. I kind of lets them open up a little bit more, maybe. Maybe they wanted you to open up, but they were kind of scared too. So it kind of breaks the ice. <laughs> exactly. Yes. I like that. Um, so what do you like to do in your spare time? I know you said you were a, a bar instructor and, uh, you know, you work on some things like that. Um, what else do you like to do? Yes. So my husband and I love to do things outdoors when we have nice weather. It's starting to get cold now. So um, it's transitioning into skiing season here in Switzerland and I'm a horrible skier. So that I definitely don't do in my spare time. <laughs> but when the weather is nice, we love to hike in the mountains and do barbecues with friends outside in the forest, be outside with our dog and just walk and enjoy the beautiful fresh air and the rivers and things here in Switzerland. And also in my spare time, we love to entertain. So we love to have our friends over. We love to cook for people and, you know, create menus and wine pairings and, you know, do special things with our friends. That's a real hobby of ours as a couple. And then travel. I mean, when we have spare time, we love to travel, experience other cultures, other worlds. And I love history. I'm a, as you mentioned, I'm always a political science major. And so I love 
you know, I'm a big history buff and world cultures buff. And so whenever we have the opportunity to travel and see another place in the world and discover its unique flavors and in all senses of the word, we love to do that as well. Well, I have not been to Switzerland. So if you need someone to like house sit, I need to get out of Kentucky just for a minute. Ah. So just let me know. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. Anytime, Kayla. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would just like to see it. I've, you know, I've, when I was, gosh, probably I think eight or nine, we went to um, Niagara Falls, but it's, that's the only country in Canada. That's the other only country that I've been in. You know, that makes me sound like, I, well, I'm from Kentucky, you know, you hear my accent, but I would love to see another country. So I'll take you up on that. <laughs> Absolutely. Anytime. Yeah. Doors open. Um, so where can we find you and Timberland Knowles? Yeah. So you can follow Timberland Knowles across social media. Obviously we have a page on Facebook, which gives um, lots of information about the treatment center, a lot of videos featuring the different kinds of treatment that we offer, as well as upcoming events. And so from social media events to clinical events and all of, of course, our recent TK articles and blogs that are there. We're also on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram um, at Timberline Today is our username. Um, and we post everything that we're doing. We've also got great um, workshops for our TK alumni. So if there are any Timberline Knowles alumni that are listening to this and, and want to connect and get some support, we have virtual support groups online. Um, and then we have the Instagram Live that we do almost every week. Kayla, you are a guest on our show. And we bring in different um, TK clinicians. We bring in alumni as well as partners in the field, other advocates, people with recovery stories. And every week we're on there to take your questions and to share uplifting content like you're doing with your podcast, um, really in an effort to just assist people in their mental health journey wherever they may be. Um, and I just encourage people to, to follow us online and, and visit the website, TimberlineKnowles.com um, to learn more about what we do and, and how we can help assist you in your journey to recovery. Yes, definitely check it out. I know they have a lot of great stuff and you guys are doing a whole lot of, a lot of great things. I appreciate that a lot. I know even being recovered for, se you know, going on seven years, um, I, I definitely um, still use those as a guide and help people. And I, I don't know, there's just a lot of great stuff out there. So thank you all for doing that. Absolutely. Our pleasure. Thanks, Kayla. Well, my last, I guess I had this one, I'm um, just kind of, we might've touched on it a little bit, but I think that vulnerability kind of just helps us connect with people. So have you noticed that it kind of helps within maybe, you know, you said your family and your friends and just connection in general, kind of like what we said with the I'm fine question, you know, helps you connect in a different way when you can open up and be vulnerable. Do you agree that it kind of helps with connection? It is the only way to connect. Yes. Because if you just walk around being a fake person all the time, you never really connect with anyone. And in fact, you also don't connect with yourself. We have to start by listening to our inner voice, to our true needs, desires, and feelings, and be honest and with ourselves first. And once we're connected there, then we can honest, honestly and authentically connect with others as well. So I think honestly being vulnerable is the only way to truly connect with other people. And until you learn how to do that, then you're really sacrificing very deep and meaningful connections that can help assist you wherever you may be, whether you're in recovery or whether you're just a person trying to do life, deep and meaningful connection is what we all need. And the only way to, to really secure that is through being vulnerable. Yes, I agree. I know um, 
sometimes you have to disconnect to reconnect, or at least I do. You know, I mean, I have, I have that introvert. I'm, I'm definitely an extrovert. I love people, but I do have to have my quiet time. So, you know, being able to disconnect and then just reconnect to be able to be vulnerable. Maybe I have to, like, sit on something for a day, and then I can come back and, you know, be, be me again. Um, it's kind of a mix of both, but, yeah, I definitely think that that is one of the only ways to connect. I like that. So I, I put in here, I uh, have a couple of notes, but um, a long time ago, no, I guess not too long ago, but I worked for a radio station and I had a, this always sticks in my head. I had a, a radio uh, boss when I was selling radio advertising. He always told me that fear stands for false evidence appearing real. Uh, this is something that I know I'll never forget because I know um, it sticks with me and it, and it really makes perfect sense. So I just like to share that with you know all you all listening that if you know, you're, if you're fearing being vulnerable, just remember that fear is really false evidence appearing real. So that's kind of one of my little standby um, phrases, but I just, I really liked when it, when he said that, he told me that because I wasn't selling advertising. He's like, what are you scared of? I was like, uh, he's like, fear is really this. So I don't know. It's just something that it stuck with me. So I just wanted to put that, put that in there. <laughs> so I also just kind of close with this. I want to tell everybody that, you know, you should choose to be vulnerable. I need to be proud of it because it's what makes you extraordinary. I'd be proud of who you are, where you come from, where you'll go, and let go of all those judgments that you place on yourself and about yourself. So Kirsten, I really appreciate your time today. I know uh, you told us where to find you in Timberland Knolls. I really appreciate the interview and taking, um, taking time for the podcast. And I just want to show you all. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, um, I really, I really do appreciate that. And I know um, I'll keep you, um, I'll, I'll tag you in all the posts and I'll let you know when it's ready. And I just want to tell everybody that stay tuned next month on episode five of the What's In You podcast. Take care and I'll talk to you all soon.